Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. <laughs> hey, sis. How are you? I'm great. I was laughing because of Biting Together, our other favorite podcast besides <laughs> our own. Is that what you say? I don't know. Um, I was listening to it, and they're always like, we were talking for a little bit before. <laughs> And here we are having a full-blown conversation and just jumping right into the discernment of spirits. So exactly. If, here if we only are. our listeners could have heard the first 25 minutes. <laughs> exactly. This is what happens when we don't have like legit catch-ups during the week and our podcast ends Becomes up being it. our catch-up. Exactly. Oh, how are you? Happy Thursday. It's almost Friday. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. It's been great. I mean, we've just had, I'm sure you guys have been this way and I'm sure everybody is feeling this way, but it just feels like there's so much going on right now. Too um, much. And our best friend, Father David said it best in his homily the other day. It's a tiredness that sleep can't fix. And I'm like, whoa, yes, wow, profound. Write that down. Yes. Like a tiredness that sleep can't fix. And wow. I think it's just so much heaviness, but um, but also good things. I'm gonna share in a little bit, like just a beautiful experience I had tonight. But it made me realize that I think in these like times that are just like and down, it's hard to almost like cherish a good moment. You know, does Mm. that make any sense? Hundred percent. It's fleeting. You're like, oh, right. Might go How long is this going to last? Or yeah. like, do I do I deserve this? But it actually this ties into discernment of spirit so well because we actually had a listener send this into us about consolation versus desolation and how mm-hmm. consolation is such a gift, which is what we've been talking about in the past two episodes, um, and that you really should cherish the moments of consolation because life is a mixture of moments of consolation and desolation. Wow. And the, the two that. help each other because in times of consolation, you don't take them for granted because you know that there are moments of desolation. And in moments of desolation, you recall those beautiful moments of, of consolation and they help you through the mm. desolate moments. Um, mm. So anyways, I've been carrying these um, these rules um, since we've been oh, talking yeah. about them for sure. Totally. You can't have one without the other. That is for sure. And B and I were texting today, you guys, about just all that's going on and how it's truly an unknown, especially where Bridget is living. And yet there's this beautiful detachment about all of it. Like I've never, mm-hmm. I wrote in my journal this morning and you will relate B. I have never felt more fulfilled. <laughs> and it yeah. sounds so silly because I'm not doing anything crazy. We're not on some crazy movie set living our bliss. Like, no, no, no. Right. But the fulfillment in the day to day, our daily duties that we talk about yeah. a lot on this podcast. Like, am I fulfilling those? Yes, I am truly crawling to the finish every single night. From right. morning to night, I'm nonstop, you know, in the house and all the things that we're trying to do with this retreat and just trying to follow God. And we have no other job and duty but to do our daily duties right now. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. And so I feel fulfilled in knowing that and there's this freedom there that I that we don't have to worry about. I was just going to say there is this freedom in like I think in times that are tough it almost brings to the surface what is important and 
I think that all of us to a degree are experiencing what you're saying where it's almost like, you know, being in the backyard with my kids now is so much more of a moment than like Mm -hmm. it was before because with everything just so up in the air with this administration, with the the language we're hearing thrown around in this country and, Mm -hmm. you know, just so many um, freedoms that I think Mm – really are um, being, I guess, threatened, it just makes you cling to the people you love more and Mm -hmm. also start to think like what is important. Like even we had people over last night and we just had this awesome small little group over in the backyard. And here I am thinking like, okay, this is just going to be a dinner, a couple hours. Well, long story short, they end up like in our backyard till 1 a.m. And we're just talking, you know, under the porch lights about community and Mm -hmm. how we need to find our people right now. And Mm -hmm. it was beautiful conversations, like the type of conversations that you don't just like kind of stop and say like, okay, well, it's bedtime. Like it was just no point, right? You want to keep going. Well, yeah. And it was just such, it was so obvious to me that Every, the same thing was on all of our hearts, just kind of like these moments matter and they matter so much more now than they did before. And so like soaking up every conversation with someone or every moment with somebody or your spouse or your close friends, it's just, it's different now. Thank God we're seeing life in that way, right? Like, mm-hmm. good. If this is what it took, here we are. Right. So I think we're on the seventh rule. I can read it. Um, I, we are just racing through these rules, but there's 14 of them, you guys. So we'll keep we'll keep going. But today we're going to do seven, eight, and nine. So the seventh rule is: Let him who is in desolation consider how the Lord has left him in trial in his natural powers, in order to resist the different agitations and temptations of the enemy, since he can, with the divine help, which always remains to him, though he does not clearly perceive it, because the Lord has taken from him his great fervor great love and intense grace, leaving him, however, grace enough for eternal salvation. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I think amazing. this definitely ties into like the previous rules about like, basically, I feel like if we're armed with the divine helper mm-hmm. and we're living in this like constant like striving for peace and light, then we're not going to like desolation will never be the final experience that we have um, because we know that there's something beyond it. Um, and I just love that reminder that gra- that that his grace is enough and mm-hmm. that we're striving for eternal salvation and not this world because I truly have never felt like I belonged less in the world, if that makes any sense. Yes. Then recently, I'm just mm-hmm. like, it, I truly feel like a passing, you know, ship. Like this is mm-hmm. totally not my home. This does, I never want this to be my home. And mm-hmm. I do think that that's how Christians should feel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think um, when speaking about suffering and trials, um, I think it's really hard for people to go through them when they have no meaning. Like we know the meaning. We know that this isn't the final place. And like St. Paul talks about this a lot. Like it takes many trials to even enter the kingdom. So 
we know that it's worth it. We know that what we suffer here will just pay dividends and make that kingdom all the more sweet. And so he's not going to like allow us to go through these trials without anything. Yeah. And they just bring us closer to him in the end. Absolutely. And then the the eighth rule is very similar where it says, um, let him who is in desolation labor to be in patience, which is contrary to the vexations which come to him and let him think that he will soon be consoled, employing against the desolation, the devices, as is said in the sixth rule. And if we go back to the sixth rule, mm-hmm. um, I actually, I think that was one of my favorites. Yes, it was. Where it says, um, you know, although in desolation we should not change our first resolutions, which means like if you had plans, you know, and dreams and things that God put on your heart, if desolation or, you know, feeling defeated come, you should never change your direction in a moment of desolation or desperation. But then it says in the sixth rule, it is helpful to change ourselves against Mm. the same desolation as by insisting on more prayer, meditation, and examination, and by giving ourselves more scope in some suitable way of doing penance. So what that means is, you know, maybe you're not supposed to make a big decision in a time of desolation or a big change because, you know, there's a, there's a chance that you, might not um, make the right decision in a state like that, but you can always be working on yourself in desolation. And, and, you know, like we were just talking about this before we started, you know, that, you know, I recently went through a painful experience with someone very close to me and it was very hard and painful, but I, I was very aware in the moment, like, okay, this is a moment of desolation with this person. Nothing feels good right now. Um, I My only option is to either, I can either sulk in this moment and just not like what's happening, or I can pray through it. I can acknowledge that I know that there's a reason for this suffering in my life with this person who continues to let me down in different ways. And I know there's always a fruit that comes from that giving over in a moment like that, but you have to, mm-hmm. you have to lay it down in those moments. Yeah. I love that. And when we were talking about that situation B for you, it's, it goes to the sixth rule because he says, you know, we must change ourselves, make ourselves better. And right in your experience with this person, you have felt the fruits in you grow. And so you have changed. And I think that really attaches to the whole idea of don't give up. Don't give up. If you have a dream, don't give up. Right. Right. So that that's the same thing. It's like, don't give up just because it gets hard. Like don't let go of it, which is exactly how you treated it. And I just love that. And, and patience just keeps coming up in this, in rule number eight, like, Mm -hmm. um, on our other favorite podcast, priest and it speaks about um saint Teresa of avila and she says that patience achieves everything yeah and we see that time and again in our lives that's all we have is patience like and you just it's the most it's the hardest um thing to achieve but you know we continue to practice it and and we know that god is with us in both places like the hard and the good he he never leaves us um the enemy can't hurt us physically because God is always present. And mm-hmm. so when we feel so 
grow just like just so empty and just alone in these moments when we're dealing with a hard situation or a hard person, a difficult relationship. Well, thank God he is with you in it. What a gift. Yeah, absolutely. And actually a Catholic therapist, an amazing Catholic therapist who I highly recommend, Art Bennett, um, he and his wife wrote the book, The Temperament God Gave You. Um, He was giving a talk one time um, and he was talking about how a lot of times like our, what I like about him is he mixes like spirituality with also like very practical, like therapeutic advice. And what he was saying is this like both for sanctification purposes, but also practically speaking, if you're in a hard situation with an individual or someone who brings you anxiety, um, kind of like leaning into those moments where like, let's say there's a hard conversation that's happening and they're really letting you down, or maybe they're not saying enough, like leaning into that moment with that person and really feeling every emotion in that person, in that moment, like not saying you should burst out crying or screaming to them, but in your own mind being like, I am so heartbroken right now. Like this is okay to feel this and I feel this right now Mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna love this person even though they are hurting me, like hurting the crap out of me, Mm -hmm. but I'm just gonna not bury any of this because I think when you bury, 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 it becomes this pile that then you just, the work that you've just given yourself is unpacking all of that crap that you've buried with changing Mm -hmm. the subject or acting like it didn't bother you or, you know, completely evading your feelings. And so I guess recently I've really tried to just in the exact moment that I feel hurt or I feel let down to just kind of be like, okay, Jesus is like with me in this moment. Like what would he be doing in this moment? And like, what, how would he be comforting me in this moment? And that really, it's, it sounds silly, but like that can change an entire experience with a person, um, or just, or a stressful situation. And I guess the way that he said it was the more you do that, you're almost training the muscle like of your spirituality and your mental your mental health too to not be afraid of hard conversations and to not be afraid of emotional conversations because the more you it's almost like working out he said like the more you flex that muscle of letting you feel your feelings basically you're not afraid to feel in the moment of what something's like and honestly i feel like unpacking things like that is such a healthier thing than just like carrying it with you, not talking about it, you know, not crying about it. Like crying is so good. Like Mm -hmm. people who don't cry, like freak me out. I'm like, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Totally. And it's dishonest too. If you don't live in that moment and, and, and just like I said last week, I think about the rosary, Mary, the mother of God says, pray for the gift of tears. Those tears are cleansing. Like you must go through it. And those are the holiest people are the ones that you meet and you just know you're going to get what you're going to get from that moment. They wear it on their sleeves. They're prudent, of course. They're not dumping everything. Right, right on you right. but they're also not lying they're not and no. i don't mean lying like i'm i'm purposely lying to you by not sharing something i mean it in a way of like 
this is hard. I don't know if I should let them see this part of me yeah. because we have, we have that in God. He's right there with us that the, the cross Bridget is talking about is it's like, we're each given crosses right. and he wants you to like lean into that with him and carry it. He's carrying it with you. And I love mm-hmm. that. It's so good. Yeah. Definitely makes it easier. Definitely not. It doesn't hurt less, you know, those moments that we all experience. But I mean, knowing that, I mean, even like from a child of divorce standpoint, Mm -hmm. um, they say that like you should go back to the most hurt moment that you can remember from your parent, the parent that left or the parent that caused the wound. And you should put yourself back in that scene as a little child or however old you were and you meditate on like Jesus coming through the door or coming up to you in that moment and and hugging you and being like like comforting you as this parent, you know, was letting you down in such a way and like I've always thought about that. It doesn't even have to just be a parent that let you down. Like you can really use that guided meditation of you know, Jesus as the good shepherd coming into our lives and comforting us in any instance of someone letting us down. And yeah. So yeah, because everyone's going to let us down, which is a hard pill to swallow. Like that. I let everybody I know down. Great. Like, right. Exactly. It's not just others. It's like, what do I do? What have I done? You know? And, but that's why we have him. I mean, he is, he is the divine Mm -hmm. physician. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. He fixes all things. And yeah, so that just brings us to our beautiful ninth rule. This is a good one. Um, There are three principal reasons why we find ourselves desolate. The first is because of our being tepid, lazy, or negligent in our spiritual exercises. Mm -hmm. And so through our faults, spiritual consolation withdraws from us. Mm -hmm. The second, to try us and see how much we are and how much we let ourselves out in his service and praise without such great pay of consolation and great graces. And the third, to give us true acquaintance and knowledge that we may interiorly feel that it is not ours to get or keep great devotion, intense love, tears, or any other spiritual consolation, but that all is the gift and grace of God our Lord and that we may not build a nest in a thing not ours, raising our intellect into some pride or vainglory, attributing to us devotion or the other things of the spiritual consolation. That third one really, really wraps it up, and it ties in to everything. Everything is a gift from God, and I mean everything. Like I I think I just said that yesterday, B, on social media when I was sharing our favorite quote from our favorite priest. I shouldn't say favorite because soon every priest is going to think, wow, Mackenzie and Branch, am I their favorite priest? You're all our favorites. (laughs) You're all our favorites. For different reasons. Exactly. But I said that there is no such thing as wasted time for the believer. And I found Mm -hmm. the full quote finally from Father Austin Lickie. Um, And and you know it. But basically, such a good one. one. But that everything in our life is a gift. We can't look back and think, I wish I did this. I regret this. I did this. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. need those moments to be who we are today, to be who we're going to be in years to come. Mm -hmm. And to kind of nix all that pride and vainglory because everything is from him. It it is prideful to be mad at ourselves and to kick ourselves for not being as far as we should be or not whatnot. And I just think... 
it's such a freedom again he's everything he gives us is freedom these rules make our lives free which right. is wild to think about rules well and it also makes me think of our retreat which we haven't even really talked about on the podcast oh yet but we just launched the um third retreat in J- that will be in January which is coming up which is crazy to even say um but it makes me this last part of the ninth rule, the tears, intense love, everything comes from our Lord. It makes me think of like what we have seen unfold at these wow. retreats. And yes. it is not either of us. It is literally like us standing back and watching what God is doing in these women's lives. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is so humbling to see you know, multiple women and ourselves, you know, we all carry these burdens, like coming together for a weekend and really like having that vulnerability to lay it at the cross, to be like, I came here, I mean business and I'm trying to heal from things Mm -hmm. and we're not trying to heal ourselves, which you can go to these other hippy dippy yoga meditation weekends where, you know, the message is, heal yourself like you are the power within but we know on these weekends that we all are there for a common reason that like you said like the divine physician is the one that's going to heal us all and we are all there to remind each other that he is going to do that for each of us so every time a woman would share a testimony or break down and all of a sudden like a group of women are huddled around praying for that woman It was like, even if Ken's and I aren't in the huddle, like we're watching it and we're just like, that is God at play. But he, you, he won't work unless you allow for that moment to happen. So Mm -hmm. I just want to throw this out there right now. Like if anybody is listening who has been on the fence, I cannot tell you this, I, I could almost bet money that this weekend will change you. And it's not because it's at a beautiful place or because it's with a fun group of women. It's because the intention of these weekends is to come as you are and to leave changed. And we have seen that happen with so many women that have come and ourselves. I can say for myself, and I'm sure Ken's would say the same thing, like each retreat has changed me personally in a profound way. Even though I know the program, I know what's happening. I know what to <laughs> we expect. Wrote it. <laughs> but it's because that, that crap doesn't matter. It's like God works in the moments. He doesn't work like in the schedule or what you anticipate this speaker is going to say or what you think this retreat is like. It's like you just got to come and let the Holy Spirit work. Oh, I have chills. You just got me so excited for January. I know. Well, me too. I, I was like, like tomorrow. I'm so stoked. I had a friend that messaged me today um, who had, a, I, if she's listening, I can't even say it, but she just, she just lost her mom to cancer two weeks ago. Oh and she asked if we still had spots in our retreat. And I like my heart just like leapt. Like this girl is awesome. So oh. holy has five kids, four kids. And is just someone that you and I love. So anyway, oh my God. I, I'm just like, it gets me so pumped. The people that want to be here with us because yeah. Bridget said it so beautifully. I'm not even going to say it again, but all I'll say is, yeah, I could cry just thinking about. Yeah. The there's, we can't even really describe it for you guys. So all we can say is you just got to trust us and come, you know, the group that 
is gravitating towards these weekends is so cool because, you know, it is a whole variety of like women who have been, you know, devout their whole lives, women who have left the church, who have come back, women who have faced deep, deep wounds, hardships, struggles, marriage struggles, relationship struggles. Um, But I mean, the beautiful thing is that coming together in a safe setting like this, where it's all Christ-centered and we're all there for each other. I mean, there talk about like therapy, like there is nothing to me more beautiful than women coming together to support each other in a God-centered space like this. Um, And like, again, like the most humbling thing to see these women come and share what they shared and also to continue to reach out to us and say the fruits of what they experienced in their life has continued to work. And that has just been a testament to me mm-hmm. um, to see these women's lives change because I'm like, okay, God, if God can take a little mustard seed of faith that says mm-hmm. that weekend looks cool, I'm going to try that out. And he is going to like return it tenfold. So, I mean, this is not a plug. Like Ken's and I don't make, we don't make money off these retreats. No, this um, is all. This is him. truly like, this is just to say, like, if you feel called to come, like, we want you there and please reach out if you have any questions or anything, because this is just a ministry that has truly changed both of us. Yeah. And continues to like, it's wild how many women have been a part of it and they just, who are touching other women. We don't even know what it's doing, but it's working. So Mm -hmm. come if you can. B was going to share one thing about the good shepherd before we got off. Oh yeah. Um, You had a really amazing experience tonight. A very childlike one. Tell us. Oh my gosh. So I, right before this podcast, we had, there was a parent night at the preschool that the kids are at right now. And, you know, I didn't think much of it. It's a situation right now because of COVID where like, you can't really even go into the school. You have to drop your kid off at the door. Um, but I had been hearing about this program for a long time um, because it was it's Catholic Montessori and they do catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which I had just heard a couple Catholic moms talk about it. Ken's had told me about it too. And I just heard it was this beautiful thing. But beyond that, I knew nothing. So then they at the parent night, they're like talking about all the normal parent info night things. And then they said, okay, so now we're going to have a special presentation, like such and such who runs the atrium is going to come and kind of um, display for you all how she presents liturgy and um, the faith to your children. So the atrium is this space that has all of these um, child-friendly replicas of chalices and monstrances and hosts and priest vestments and all this stuff that they will that they will grow to see in church but it's all broken down to teach them in this room like really how to ask questions and to grow deeper in their faith um so she brings out this little um handmade stone set of like a um a corral with these little wooden sheep and this um, shepherd. And she like dims the lights and she's like, okay, I am going to speak to you. Like, don't be shocked. I'm going to speak to you the way that I will speak to your children when they enter the atrium. So very Montessori, very like hippy dippy, but I'm like obviously loving it. Um, (laughs) 
And so she says, so this lesson is about the good shepherd. And so she starts to go into the scripture from John, which is John chapter 10. And so she starts out and she does a lexio where she says the, the uh, passage three times. And every time she would say this passage, she would get deeper and deeper into the words. So for example, she would say, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he knows each of them by name and he leads them on their way. And then she would stop and she would say, isn't that amazing? He knows all of us by name. And then she continues to go on and on. And she says, um, I mean, everything that she said was like, I was in tears by the end because Mm -hmm. you could have heard a pin drop in this room of parents because it was like this woman was reminding us something so, you know, so simple that like, we had all forgotten, like without even speaking a word, you could tell that there was tension in the room. I mean, all of us are going through these struggles, right? Of everything going on. And then you have this beautiful, soft-spoken, holy woman in the front of the room, just saying, you know, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then she says, if one of them flees, he runs after them. And then she just continued to say, I am the good shepherd. Mm -hmm. And so it was just so beautiful. Like I almost can't even, I can't even describe it because it was one of those things where you had to be in the room, but I was just like tears streaming down my face because like it went from this loud room of parents to like, we were all silent. And then we started singing a hymn together. I'm actually blanking on the hymn because it was just, I was having such a moment. And this woman just calmly led us all in this hymn. And she said, would you sing this with me? And it was just so innocent. Like her voice was so innocent. It was like, come follow me or something. And we all just softly sang it together and then was silent. And I was just like, this was a moment. Like this was a shared experience of all these parents. We all came from our crazy busy days. Yeah. And this woman reminded us, you know, that like, okay, the point of this whole crazy life is that like he is the good shepherd and we have to remember that. And she brought it back to the whole point of Catholic Montessori is to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ at such an early age that by the time they're in elementary school and middle school, they have grown to love this idea of Jesus so much that they would never want to hurt him. They would never want to stray from him like that sheep that strays. Like they want to be close to him and they want to like build that. Basically, she said it's like the foundation of a moral code. At, like even at a two and three year old age, like you can start to build that mm-hmm. sense of faith and love for Jesus. And it just reminded me of my own faith and my lack of faith, honestly, too. Like when things get hard in the world, it is so easy for me to just feel despair or to feel like, like, God, where are you? You know? So anyways, it was a moment. I love that. Oh my gosh. (sighs) I feel like we must pray after all that. I was going to say, will you pray, sis? Oh, yes. What a great, yeah. All of it sounded so beautiful. I'm just, yeah. I have no words, um, except come to our retreat because this is how it always feels. 
<laughs> we get real deep, does. real fast. Real deep, real fast. Oh, okay. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, man. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the trials and tribulations that the world is going through so that you can invite us to open our eyes to your presence and your purpose and your dreams and your guide on our lives. Lord, you know the steps in our paths. You know where we're going and you know the future that's set before us because you made it this way. Let this be a time where we lean into you. We read more books and learn more scripture and rely on your guidance and your healing alone. Remind us every day when we open our phones or decide to read the news that it's already finished. You are the ultimate healer and the divine physician. We can't fix anything without you. Allow us to cultivate that, that phrase in our hearts from Padre Pio, pray, hope, don't worry. Let us just bring our minds and our hearts back to you every moment when we start to go down the rabbit hole of what if, where will I be? What's going to happen? Am I going to be okay? Is this real? Is this news true? Lord, always direct our hearts, redirect, redirect. Like we try and redirect our toddlers every time they throw a tantrum. We are your toddlers. We are your children. Yes. Help us to know our father. And if we learn anything in this crazy time, it's that we are yours and we are made for a different world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.